What's up, fight fans? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. My name is Gabriel. You can find me on social media at Double G on TV, and I am joined by my co-host, Miss Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Gabriel. Happy July, July 2nd. Almost there, almost to Independence Day. How you doing, man? How's Vegas? I am good. I just got here a couple hours ago. I have been getting settled in. I've been going over materials. It is an insane week to be a part of. It is bigger than anything I've covered. I think it's bigger than a lot of people when it's all over are going to have covered. So I'm just, uh, I'm excited. I can't even put it into words. I'm excited. <laughs> have I, you seen I'm... any fighters walking around yet? Not yet. Not yet. I was um, walking around. I I saw someone I thought was a fighter, but I think they were just a fan in gear. But, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, but OK, you know, I am here for UFC fight weekend. It is incredible. It's just um, it's hard to put into words how much it means to me to be here after covering a lot of events um, because I know it's a big one. So, yeah, I mean, what can I say? What about you? How have you been? <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. We have a lot going on. Yeah, man, I'm good. Uh, I'm just happy for you and uh, just living vicarious, vicariously through you. And uh, yeah, I hope you, I hope you soak it all in, man. Don't, uh, don't skip out on anything if you can help it. Because yeah, it sounds like an awesome experience. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I'm representing the team for us. No worries about that. But we have quite the show go- set for you guys. And um. It's actually kind of convenient because everybody essentially takes a break because they know they're competing against UFC this weekend. So MMA news, anything going on, there really hasn't been anything. Obviously, you know, things that we're speculating about, we are still speculating. So we have the UFC Minneapolis from the weekend. It featured the heavyweight collision with Francis Ngannou and Junior Dos Santos. Natalie, quick one. I have some thoughts, uh, but I'm going to give you the floor first before I take this one. Yeah, that was a quick one uh, uh, for sure. Understatement um, of uh, of the summer, even though the summer just started. But <laughs> um, damn, that was fast. I mean, what what Francis Ngannou does, and we've seen him do it with like Kane, and I can't remember who else. Is he kind of catching? Yeah, Curtis Blades. He catches you in these really weird moments where you're transitioning in and out of, um, you know, a shot, an errant shot, and he's just there. He doesn't look like he's the fastest guy, but he is, and he's always ready to throw a punch from any angle, any height. Yep. And and you know, <laughs> I saw one picture. I don't know if it was actually a picture, just like a, a screenshot of that moment where like Ngannou's kind of turning JDS around, and he has like his hand on his throat. And then he's just kind of turning him around. And he's about to punch him. So I didn't expect it to end that fast. Um, when we talked last week, I figured Ngannou would win, but I thought it would be competitive, at least go around. And uh, I feel for JDS, man, but Francis Ngannou has just proved to be more terrifying than, than he'd already established himself to be. Like, who's going to want to fight him? It's like after Shev- Shevchenko fought I, it's like, who wants that? Nobody. You know, uh, let me, so I I get what you're saying. I'm going to say, and this is going to be, you know, unpopular opinion coming. That one didn't necessarily raise my intimidation of Nganu. I mean, from the outside looking in, obviously, if he were to stare me down, he's, you know, 
gonna murder me you know he doesn't need need the whole fist he probably just needs you know one of his smaller fingers but my point was that when i was watching that fight both guys were still revving up in my opinion yes they were throwing some kicks and jds was trying to wing a few big ones but for my money jds tries to go for that big overhand right overextends himself and he said in the post-fight press conference and i have to kind of agree with them he really handed it. He turns his back to Nganu. Yeah. You don't do that against that man. And that was a wrap. Plain and simple. Was he out? No, but I'm not going to lie to you and say I thought JDS was going to get up. The ref saved him early from taking unnecessary damage. But let me make it clear. I know that there was going to be damage had he landed some extra shots. So I'm okay with the stoppage. But really, you know... It, and Ganu capitalized, but we really didn't get any competition. Really, he caught him in a bad spot. JDS made the mistake. And, you know, could that happen to anybody? Absolutely. But if you talk about raise my intimidation of Nganu, that one didn't really do it. It felt like a lateral move. If anything, it kind of just reiterated what we already know. You turn your back on a heavyweight, you're going to go down. And that really just did it, but... I didn't feel any more intimidated now. Had he gotten a clean shot, a la Alistair Overeem, I'd be telling you that Daniel Cormier is going to retire even if he beats Stipe Miocic in 10 seconds. He doesn't want a piece of that at this stage of his career. I didn't necessarily get that performance, but that's not because of Nganu or JDS. That is just how the, that is how the, you know, how the dice rolled, how the cards fell. That's my analysis of it, but that one was more... A tactical error rather than a big show of, you know, one skills against the other, so to speak. But look, once again, you're talking about Francis Ngannou. A win's a win. There's no controversy. He stays at the top of the heavyweight division, which brings me to my next question. Obviously, Stipe and DC are fighting this August. What do you think happens in the heavyweight division, regardless of scenario? You mean with, with Ngannou? I mean, however you want to skin this cat, because let's be honest, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, so I think Ngannou's going to sit and wait for, or I think he should, for, for DC Stipe. I think DC gets it done again, even though Stipe has time, has had all this time to devise his, his plan on how he's going to beat him. And uh, so I think we will end up seeing, I think, you know, Cormier's last fight, because I don't want to see him fight Jones again. I think his last fight in my world ideally would be with Francis Ngannou before he before he sails off into the sunset. Yep. Um, so so that's what I'm hoping for, and and we'll probably get that even if we do end up getting the Jones fight as well. I think I think it will still be Stipe Ngannou, and then and then I guess if Jones happens, that that'll be the last one. You know. For me, when I look at DC and the whole situation, um, first off, that's a big if. Stipe was champ for a reason. Um, there's a couple factors that have to be resolved. First off, the Jones trilogy, that's if Jones wins on Saturday. It is a very big fight for a reason, so that's the first one. Second, obviously, DC has to win. But what I kind of keep coming to in terms of the DC route is that respectfully you know and yes can he still compete absolutely but something that he's admitted these are his words not mine he's having he's getting older 
He's thrown his back out sneezing. He's had a lot of broken hands. He did. If you, if we're being, and look, this is his own admission. He said it, not me. He said he wanted to retire at 40, you know, before the decline and all that. Not myself. If you're telling me that if John Jones isn't the next fight, that he's going to stick around to fight a guy like Nganu unnecessarily, I can't say I, I'm very confident in that scenario happening. Now, if it's John Jones for the trilogy, maybe, but even that's not a certainty. I do understand DC wanting one more win, and under the circumstances, no Brock, we, we've been over all that. I get the Stipe fight. You tell me he's going to have to fight Ngannou before Jones. I don't know if DC takes it. I think it also comes on coming out of the rematch with Stipe unscathed and pretty healthy and the preparation for a second fight after that. So there's a lot of factors before I say, yeah, Nganu's going to get DC. Now, on the other end of the coin, Stipe getting that fight, it makes a lot of sense because Nganu's been doing work, and we've talked about it. Stipe's been rather quiet and absent. Is it a great fight still? Yes. Does it get you amped up because we've already seen it, and you feel like, he, you know... You haven't really seen the ground game or something change out of Nganu? Absolutely. So that's another situation. But I think all of that, you know, it also depends on John Jones. Is that Are they going to give him that money that he's looking for to move up? Or, you know, does Tiago Santos shock the world? There are a lot of factors. But <laughs> yes, like Dana White said, even though Nganu makes sense, he is next in line. That doesn't mean they're actually taking the people out of the line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like what you're saying. It makes sense, especially with DC's wherever he is right now. Yeah, this, we cannot forget about the throwing out your back, sneezing thing. So after he fights Stipe, let's see how he looks. And yeah, maybe he might very well just be like, you know, my body's beat up. I'm out. Um, but if he's if if he is, okay, fine. If Stipe wins, definitely Nganu, we've already heard him say it. He wants to run that one back. And uh, he would like some sweet revenge on Stipe because that was probably like one of his most, that was probably his most, well, I'll say his most embarrassing loss because the Derek Lewis fight was pretty embarrassing too. But um, he was owned by Stipe, whereas the Derek Lewis one was, he was more just afraid to engage after having been owned by Stipe. Yeah. And I think, and once again, you know, all of these guys got to stay healthy. And look, it's a very real scenario. Jones calls out DC after they offer him a couple million to fight in December if uh, DC wins. And Nganu's just stuck looking at the next guy somewhere. Uh, Derek Lewis of Volkanovsky, somebody else out there. So it does get more complicated. But obviously Nganu did what he had to to get himself in the best position under the circumstances. So we'll find out. We find out in a month what happens and we go from there and obviously next week we'll know about the Jones part of the scenario too. Moving on, like I said, there hasn't been a lot going on. PFL is on break. Invicta, Bellator, the guys at the grocery store have been getting along. So we'll get <laughs> go right into our fight predictions. UFC 239 coming up this Saturday. I will be there. I will be representing the team live. But you are the first person I get to talk to about all of these great fights. So we're going to start from the bottom up and culminate the show with the main event. Let's get it started. The first one, Ben Askren 
Jorge Masvidal. Obviously, Jorge is coming off that big upset of Darren Till in London. Ben Askren, the controversial fight with Robbie Lawler. Natalie, how do you see this one going down? I'm a fan of both of these guys, but I think I've Jorge like it's hard to say because Ben's only had one fight and it was this really weird, um, you know, say controversial ending to the fight. And and before he managed to get back to his feet, he was just getting owned by Robbie Lawler, like slammed on his head. He was <laughs> I'm surprised the ref didn't call it. I think a lot of people were. So with that in mind, you know, he has this great wrestling. Uh, advantage I guess but Jorge Masvidal has proved to be just a really super well-rounded fighter and he's riding high on that confidence from the Darren Till win I think it's going to be Jorge's fight I think he'll be able to hurt Ben with his uh, on the feet before Ben can really do anything with his wrestling and even then I think Jorge is going to find enough opportunities enough ways to get out of any really tricky situations against the cage or on the canvas. So I think Jorge's going to get it done. Um, I don't know if it's going to go decision or not. I kind of think Jorge wants, I mean, he's probably said this, so I shouldn't say I kind of think, but I would like to see a knockout, a TKO. And I think that's probably what we'll see. So I'm going to say TKO round two or three Masvidal. Do you want him to throw a coupon for a three piece and a soda too while he's at it? <laughs> Uh, ben Askren's right yeah, there. Yeah, it should be like, you know, when you're at, uh, when it's like during the finals and it's like if someone at the end, in the NBA finals, if someone, you know, does whatever, <laughs> everyone gets a free Doritos Locos taco. So it should be like that uh, at the uh, T-Mobile. I love the way you're thinking. I, I really got to say, that might be one of the best. UFC got to consider this if you ask me. Yeah, they should, right? It's a little... He gets a first round knockout. Everybody gets a three-piece tender and a soda. Yep. No, but um, okay, okay, I- I'm feeling it. The thing for me is that when you look at Robbie Lawler, his defensive wrestling is very underrated. His explosiveness is much higher than Masvidal's. The thing for me about Jorge getting it done is I, you know, I'm looking back at the fights with you know guys like uh, Benson Henderson, other guys like that who were able to get him. I really think that Jorge is going to struggle a little more than people are expecting to keep Ben off of him. He does have a much better striking, and I think if he's able to implement it, it um, it obviously goes in his favor. But I do think that Ben has taken from the fight with Robbie Lawler. Remember, that's his first fight in a long time. I think he's going to cleaned up a lot of the holes in his game, and I think that just like... Habib, just like a lot of these guys, he's just gonna get he's just gonna stick to him like a dog and he's gonna eventually drag him down and get the fight where he wants. Now, I am gonna say in your favor, I don't see Ben Askren pulling out another miracle survival of a a beatdown like he did against Robbie Lawler. If Masvidal has him hurt, he will finish him. He's not we're not gonna see another Hail Mary, you know, come from behind victory for Askren again. So I do think if it gets he gets in trouble, he's not going to get out of that hole this time. So, in his favor, it's a close, tough fight. But I do see Ben Askren figuring him out. It's just he's done it to a lot of good guys that I think a lot of people don't acknowledge because, you know, they were before guys like Douglas Lima were really on a run. Guys like that in Bellator, he is the real deal, and I do think he's going to get it. You think it'll be unanimous decision or? 
I think that he'll, he'll get a second round submission. Okay. He told me he's going to get some kind of choke, and um, I'll go with that. I think he gets a guillotine on him. Wow. Okay, man. I like it. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so we are one and one. <laughs> one and one. Let's move up the main card. This one, very interesting when you look at the light heavyweight picture. Former champion Luke Rockhold moves up to take top contender Jan Blahovic. Both of them nice guys. Uh, for Jan, I think that the key is you got to put the pressure on Rockhold. Rockhold moving up, more energy, but at 185, he is so powerful because he is so much bigger. He is losing a lot of those weapons. His kicks are not going to sting the 205ers like they did the 85ers. And I think that is a very key thing on how does he approach his strategy now that he's at 205. The biggest bad habit I see in Luke Rockhold all the time is that he leaves his chin up when he's getting backed up to the fence. Now, my theory is that he tends to be a lot better than the guys he's probably training with. He probably gets away with that a lot. But if you watch fights with David Branch, with Yoel Romero, that's how he got him. He leaves that opening very often, and I know Jan is going to be looking for it. He did a little bit of the same with Tiago Santos, so that makes that a very dangerous fight. At the end of the day, though, I am leaning toward Rockhold. I think he just, I, ha, he has more weapons. I think he's going to implement using all of them. I think he's going to look to use a comprehensive attack against Jan and overwhelm him that way. 15 minutes as opposed to 25. I think that that's more than enough time to do it. You know, at first look, I was leaning towards Luke as well. I thought, you know, it's been a long time since he fought. He had these like weird injuries with like shin, his skin that on his shin that wouldn't heal and all that. Great. And he was always, you know, to me, always very impressive. His kicks always look great. Uh, you know, that physique, that like Ken doll physique. And of course, I expect him to to feel better and perform better at this division. So he doesn't have to cut as much weight. But yeah, great point that his power will probably he won't have that power advantage like he used to. But man, I was watching footage of him just training. I, I don't know if it wasn't embedded. It was something else. Um just the other day that I was watching him, like he's still, and it, you know, it's a fair point about how he's maybe he's training with guys that aren't as talented as he is, but he's still keeping that right hand down. And yeah, the chin is still, is still right there asking for it. And uh, I think that's, that's his, his like Achilles heel. And I don't think he's ever going to correct it. So I do see Jan actually capitalizing on that, on that weakness of Luke Rockhold and, uh, and getting a TK, getting a knockout. So I'm going to say, um, similar to Masvidal, I think it's going to be two or three. He's going to knock uh, Luke Rockhold out. Do you think we'll see, how do I put it, the best Luke Rockhold, like 100%, do you think that he's going to have his full arsenal, or do you think that he is still a little hurt and he may not be showing it to us? No, I think he's, I, I think he's, I think he's fine. I think he's ready. Uh, but I think yeah. it could be like with Weidman. Remember when Weidman fought... Um, Chakare? Yes, Chakare. Thank you. He looked great. The best he'd ever looked. And that was the same weight class, so he didn't move up. But his boxing was fantastic, and then he got caught anyway. So not trying to compare them as fighters, but just, you know, they yeah. sort of came up together. And um, uh, I sort of see the same thing happening here, where as good as he might look, he's still going to end up getting caught. Now, I think that Jan will probably still have some work to do with an upset. Luke Rockhold with the name and the former champ and, you know, used to train with Daniel Cormier. He kind of makes the situation more interesting. 
Um, very bluntly, do you see Luke Rockhold getting a title shot with a victory, or do you think that he'll still be behind guys like uh, um, Dominic Reyes, who's on a good win streak? I think the only way he jumps those guys is if he blows Jan out of the water. Like, you know, round one, head kick, KO. Then, okay, he's a big name. Let's give him a shot. Otherwise, I think he'll have to wait, a, you know, a fight or two to get to get a crack at a at Jones. Except, you know, there's already like bad blood between them, and you know, I, I don't. Rockholt's already been talking about wanting to fight him. So, if he makes a good enough case for it, maybe <laughs> if he makes a, he has to like if he doesn't like do anything spectacular, like finish Jan spectacularly, but at least still finishes him, then he's got to step up his 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 mic game. And, uh, and and get Jones pissed off. Yeah, because I like to point out, when you look at Anthony Smith at uh, Tiago, they kind of did the work. They got the finishes and the fights they needed to to be in the number one spot. If Luke were to get a, let's say, unanimous decision, you know, tough fight, Jan hangs in there with them, gives them a run for the money. I think that suddenly, you know, you're really banking on the name value but then obviously you talk about all the stuff that is going on, Jones moving up, et cetera, et cetera. That does make it harder. I think that the name value does a lot. I think that Dominic Reyes is on a great run and he still would be ahead of Luke if Luke isn't impressive. But the name value, look, it's about selling pay-per-views. He kind of doesn't need to look perfect. He just has to win well enough to kind of get the job done, if you ask me, so... That's that's where he's at, but I do think he's up there. Once, he, like you said, the performance—he's just got to really look good to really lock it in. Otherwise, you know, Dominic Reyes is going to make noise, and I think that that's how it should be. You got guys who want to put on a show to get that title shot, and I like that. Yeah. Moving on, we have a great co-main event in the women's bantamweight division: Amanda Nunes, the double champion, taking on former champion Holly Holm. This one is not as much of a wash as I think a lot of people would say it is on paper. But once again, it is Holly Holm with a very tough order ahead of her. What do you think that happens in this fight? Jeez, this is hard because we've seen Nunes do so much damage with her fists. Oh, she yeah. has that great reach. She can stay, you know, maintain the distance. But Holly Holm is probably the most strategic fighter in this division never takes risks which at times can you know at least earlier in her career made her fights a little unexciting except for you know the ronda rousey fight and like the betch Bohea fight um but i think holly Holm, it'll it'll be like with with ronda rousey in that you know they always her she always said that her and her coaches had been preparing to fight ronda for for a long time already right mm-hmm. even before they got the call to actually fight her and i think the same will be will be uh the case for amanda nunez so i think they probably already have a pretty strong game plan and i think holly can keep her distance also she didn't get knocked out by chris cyborg she managed to 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 stay on the outside i mean she got touched but it wasn't anything catastrophic she survived the fight so i think at the very least she will survive five rounds with amanda nunez um maybe she can outpoint her i don't know that's a tough order i would like to see it for sure that's my heart pick is holly Holm. It's just kind of hard to bet against Amanda Nunes right now. She's riding high on the confidence of being the double champ. She's been owning everybody she's faced. Um, 
I mean, I, I heard the heart pick. I want the pick. That in the, you know, I'm going me. to the sports book right after this. I need to know who's who to put I'll, money down I'll in your you name. What, the only time I ever bet on sports in Vegas was when Shevchenko fought home. I picked Shevchenko and I won. My girl. <laughs> so proud of you right now. And uh, so if I'm you, man, I don't know, though, because some people have made a lot of money off of pick, picking homes, uh, you know, when she fought Rousey. And this would be, I think, no one knows Amanda the way they knew Rousey. She's not as big a name, obviously, but she's the double champ. So she is a very big person for the in the UFC still. Um, yep. Oh, by the way, legally, I don't think I'm allowed to. I'd like to point out, I'm just joking. All the officials in Vegas, I don't want to get hurt when I get into the casino. <laughs> You're not allowed. So, no. <laughs> oh, because... So, oh. I saw that movie 21. I know how it works. <laughs> Anyway, no, but go ahead. Who, who's, a, who's Natalie Zamudio's pick? Uh, damn, man, this is a tough one. Like, before I started talking, I was staying, I was going to stay Holly Holm. Uh, and as I explained myself, uh, I think I got to go with Nunes, man. I think, I don't think she's going to knock out Holly Holm. I think she'll win on decision. I think you changed she, your own mind. <laughs> yeah, I changed my own mind. Like, my own, I changed my own mind in talking. You talked yourself out of your own pick? <laughs> I did, man. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but I did. I did. I've, hey, I've done that. The more I was talking, I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure I was going to pick the other guy when I started. I, don't yeah, know what I was absolutely going to pick Holly Holm. And all my points still stand. I stand by all of them, all of my, my arguments that, you know, she's going to fight smart. She's going to have a great game plan. She's going to keep her distance and uh, she will survive five rounds, but I don't think she'll win. Uh, so I'm going to give a, a decision win to Amanda Nunes. Yeah, you know what's the weird thing is that you watch that fight with Chris Cyborg and it's so epic. And then you realize a couple months ago she had a unanimous decision with Rocky Pennington. And so it's so easy to just be like, man, Amanda's going to go out there and just do some work. But really, you know, when you look at Shevchenko, when you look at uh, Rocky and some of the other girls that uh, Amanda's fought, it's not like she's a always, a, you know, one round blitz you out of there kind of fighter. She has had to, you know, stretch her game a bit. I think Holly's the kind of fighter who does that. I agree with you. She's very technical. I think that she maintains the distance, arguably the best out of anybody in the Bantamweight division. You could argue one of the best. I mean, maybe her, Joanna, Rose is up there in terms of maintaining the distance with uh, their reach in terms of all of women's MMA. Um, so she is very difficult. I think the thing that has always affected Holly is that firepower has sometimes been the difference. I think that um, Amanda brings it, obviously. I think that the key to a Holly Holm upset is you really... A lot of stuff she sometimes telegraphs, she can't do it. We know that she likes to set up the sidekicks and all that. I really think that she's got to get in and out with the jab and leave it at that. If the opening isn't there, don't go for it. And I think that's sometimes the thing she gets a little behind because she has to make up from the firepower coming back at her. I would say that it is tough, but at the same time, I also think that Amanda likes to use more of her weapons, not just her striking, but she is a great jujitsu practitioner. I can see her if things aren't going well, trying to get that clinch and just dragging her to the floor. I think that that all bodes well for the champion. I think that she just has too many weapons. That being said, I think that this is a very winnable fight for Holly. It's just about how effective is she at executing the game plan because, you know, 
against Amanda Nunes, similar to the Chris Cyborgs of the world, one or two mistakes, you're taking too much damage, and suddenly you're just in that deficit in what could be a close fight. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. But Amanda, too many weapons. I think that she's just going to get the job done. You see it going going the distance? Uh, you know what? <sighs> that's a great question. <laughs> I actually do. I actually do because uh, Holly, I think people kind of forget she is very tough to put away. Yeah. Chris Cyborg couldn't do it. Misha Tate needed up to the fifth round. Shevchenko couldn't do it. She's tough. So I think that it's going to be a decision for Amanda. Yeah, I'm there too. Also in five-round fight. Yeah. Holly could come on a little stronger late. I think Amanda will have to do some early work. Yeah, she could. I mean, it's been... Yeah, she could. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned Pennington and... and uh... Uh, did, was that five? I don't remember actually. Pennington was five, yeah. Yeah, you know, different caliber of striker, and so Holly Holm was probably a better conditioned fighter. Like we can't forget, Pennington was coming off of that really severe injury with her leg being injured, uh, you know, being crushed. Yeah. So that had to affect her movement. Holly Holm's not going to have that issue, apart from like probably being in the best shape she's been in in years, with all that um, strength and conditioning training she's been doing. So, um, yeah, Nunes. Could we see the old Nunes of old that used to get tired at the very end? Maybe. Maybe Holly Holm can, can, can push her to that point, and it could get interesting. Oh, my gosh. Natalie, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I actually got to sit through these fights over here live <laughs> in the heat of the Las Vegas desert. Oh, man. You know what? Just enjoy the heck out of it, man. You're going to see some crazy stuff, I bet. Dude, I cannot begin to tell you. <laughs> the, the schedule itself is just crazy to look at. Moving on, we have it finally the main event: John Jones, Tiago Santos. Take it away. So here's what I want to see. I'll I'll start with my heart pick, uh, Tiago Santos. Not necessarily because I love him so much, although he's great. Uh, but it's like with Mayweather, right? Everybody who fought him, like whether you like the guy or not, that's kind of who you were. If you weren't a May- Mayweather fan, that's kind of who you're rooting for because you just wanted to see Mayweather get an O, uh, get a get a get a loss on his record, lose the O. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am right now. Nothing personal against John Jones, but let's let's get an exciting, you know, uh, main event. So I would love to see Tiago Santos do what he does best and and you know find that opening and and send John Jones you know uh, onto the canvas. Um, I I like that that Tiago Santos showed patience against um against Blahovich. Uh, you know, he showed a little more maturity in his game so he'll need that for sure and uh it could be it could be competitive to a certain point but john jones man that guy is is really i think um locked in right now uh he's every he's firing at all and also at all cylinders and i think he's gonna just once he figures santos out he's just gonna piece him up i don't think he'll finish him but I think he'll take him to to five, and he'll get a, a unanimous decision. All right. That's I know it's not very exciting, but that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's just going to be kind of like uh, like Anthony Smith, except except he's going to be in way more danger with Tiago, mm-hmm. because at a certain point, I think if Jones is just like piecing up Santos and you know doing all his tricky little moves with him, Santos is going to start winging. And one of those could land. That's the beauty of MMA. But I think Jones is smart enough to figure him out. 
again, like with Holly Holm, I mean, they're coming for the same camp. They have the same, the same minds working on their strategies. And John Jones has that special just ability to put, put, you know, strikes together, be creative. So I say he gets it, but I think it's going the distance. I think it's going to be unanimous decision. You know, I think that this fight is very important to happen after the Anthony Smith fight. And what I mean by that is that Tiago and Anthony have a lot of the same weapons, if not the same style. Anthony Smith hits like a truck. Tiago Santos hits like a moving truck. But you get my analogy. Um, I think that Tiago has the benefit of watching what worked for Anthony. I think that he is aware that, you know, if he's in the fight and it's going the same way the Anthony Smith fight went, he is aware of what's going to happen if he continues at that pace. Now, easier said than done to just say, well, you got to change it up. But I do think that he saw Anthony do some effective things. You know, punching the hands was the big one early on. I think that kind of slowed down Jones. But you watch that. You go back to a lot of the things people know. Push forward. Low kicks at the calf. Or don't grab the hands. Things like that are things that Tiago can implement. And because he has that explosiveness, because he is so dangerous in these positions, all of that bodes well for a Tiago Santos upset. That being said, I agree with you. It is just one of those things like you talk about with the guys like George St. Pierre. Yes, Floyd Mayweather. These guys who have been at Demetrius Johnson. When you've been at the top that long, at the end of the day, you just kind of have to have confidence that these guys will figure it out. And um, even, you know, the fights they've lost, you know, Henry Cejudo with Demetrius and other guys. At the end of the day, you know, that was still a very close fight. And you got to give Jones that credit, in my opinion. In the cage, he has always been the guy to figure it out against great competition. Now, is Thiago Santos a different kind of animal? Absolutely. I see it kind of like Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas. A lot of great fighters, but there's something about being locked in there with that beast. <laughs> um, want to you know, but to figure to say it, I do think that John is gonna figure him out. I think that he's gonna put on a little more volume than maybe Tiago's expecting. Um, use the reach, maybe take him down and look to just grind on him a little bit. Try to get those big muscles of Tiago's full of blood and um, tire him out early. But I do think that that's what we're going to see happen is that John Jones is going to up the his work rate early and he's going to count on being able to pick him apart later on in the fight. But I have John Jones' unanimous decision again. Tiago Santos doesn't go away quietly, but John Jones is the, the man for a reason. All right. So we're, on right. A, we're in agreement with our co-main and our main. Let's see what happens. Yes, so definitely it's going to be a lot to talk about. Natalie, I am going to be at Open Workouts tomorrow. I will be at the World MMA Awards tomorrow. You will see my interviews on Thursday. I may be at the Hall of Fame ceremony on Friday. It is an epic weekend. Is there anything you want me to ask anybody? This is your time. Send in your questions now. Oh my goodness. Um, that's a good one. You put me on the spot, but if I see Shevchenko, do you want me to let her know that you're ready to be adopted? Yeah. If you see the Shev- family, if Shevchenko happens to be there, that would be amazing. Yeah. Just uh, tell her that her, uh, 
her long lost sister is uh, looking for her. Um, you know what you could do? I got a perfect idea. You know how a lot of the fighters are doing that bottle cap challenge right now? <laughs> Film yourself, just get a successful take, and tag both Shevchenko's in it. I, I can do that, um, except for the I think, except for the I kicking think part. that's a great way to get in the family, if you ask me. Yeah, I got to do it with the bottle of um, Inca Cola. It's a Peruvian soda. I think they sponsor her, so I should do that. Ooh, look at you. See, you've got the right mindset for this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know what? Um, that would be, I'm gonna consider it seriously. Consider. I gotta say though, they never show the bottom of the bottle. Like, is someone holding it? Or it is. They are. There is no way you're freaking <laughs> that precise. Get out of here. Too many. Hey, guys, don't have enough time to be sitting there on a just loose bottle on the table. Like nobody's showing the base of the bottle. What is that about? <laughs> But uh, I bet if anyone could do it, you know, with the bottle uh, uh, not being held, it's Shevchenko. But, uh, you know, Holly Holm, I wish I had a good question for her. I can't think of anything right now, but that's someone I'd definitely be excited to talk to. Um, she just seems like a super cool person and, and very chill. Always takes things in stride, very a matter of fact, but but a huge, huge competitor. But but like the most like calm, serene competitor you'll probably ever come across. No, I'm with you. But yeah, look, guys, we will be back. There's a lot of MMA action, obviously, coming up. UFC, Bellator, it all keeps rolling. Natalie, where can the fans keep up with you? It is the biggest week in MMA, <laughs> and they need to hear from the straight punch. Well, you can keep, can we talk yeah, to you? you can keep up with me at uh, Zamudiorama5 on Twitter, and Zamudiorama on Instagram, and then Straight Puncher, at Straight Puncher on Twitter, Instagram, and StraightPuncher.com. But really... Uh, I'm going to direct everybody back to you because you're going to have some great content and I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much, buddy. Fans, you can find me all the time at Double G on TV. Just spell out the word double and we will be back in your lives next week.